uh, at which, which is where Christ sits, which is kind of in this middle point, this mm-hmm. center. And it's not the center as we know it, it's actually the um, margins of two different communities. Welcome to season four of the Surrender Podcast. I'm Craig Petty. And I'm Charlene Dela Santos. This year, we're on a road trip to meet and reconnect with friends who are finding Jesus in the margins. Join us on the road and listen in to stories from around Victoria, in Adelaide, Sydney and beyond, leading up to a national gathering in Melbourne 2023. Here's a chance to listen and learn from those who might have walks different to our own. We're hoping you come away inspired to live out the radical call of Jesus amongst the margins. In Adelaide, Craig sat down with Reverend Cyrus Kung for a chat about marginality. Cyrus is a second generation Hong Kong Australian and ordained minister in the Uniting Church. Creativity, third spaces, liminality, in-betweenness and hybridity shapes much of his approach to ministry and community life in his local context. Cyrus is currently one of the ministers at City View Uniting Church in Adelaide. Cyrus, you wear a whole bunch of different hats. When I met you, you'd been lecturing at Tabor. You're a Uniting Church minister. You are a minister in two very different conversations. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your context? And also a bit about how, the journey there. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'm a self-identified second-generation Chinese-Australian. Um, that is that space where I come from, you know, growing up in Australia uh, and being a Chinese person has shaped a lot of my ministry and what I care about and what I love doing and what I love talking about. Mm. Um, but at, the, at this point in time, I find myself doing some supply work at an older Uniting Church congregation where the youngest person is probably about 80, 82 maybe. Wow. Um, and then uh, my chairperson is 97. She's also the organist and uh, the treasurer. That's incredible. <laughs> so uh, she's she's an incredible lady. Uh, and then I'm also doing a church plant in the city um, that's in a... Um, in a building that's run by a uh, like a not uh, not for profit, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty crazy building. It's a very green building. Um, there's lots of different people uh, accessing kind of social services. Um, there are lawyers in the building, um, and yeah, got an opportunity uh, with uh, another minister to plant a church in that space. Yeah, um, and trying to work out what that looks like kind of um, very much CBD, um, uh, yeah, CBD kind of context. So, you know, on one hand, there's this kind of like suburban context. Uh On the other hand, there's this CBD context, which is, uh, uh, you know, rich, poor divide. There's uh, all sorts of different people engaging in that space. Uh, And then I think my own passion for second generation ministry and, you know, being in between worlds and liminality. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, working out what ministry looks like for me, what God looks like in the midst of all of that space. Um, like I think that's probably my own true desire is actually to like make sense of who God is in the midst of all of that space. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in the church, in the CBD, where you talk about you've got all these different sort of groups that are there, how do you navigate that in that church plant style? And then I guess discerning a theology of place and um, community inside of that. 
Yeah, so we planted just before COVID, um, which has kind of thrown us. Yeah, <laughs> we, we nailed the timing like right there. So, you know, things have really changed. And I think our initial intention was um, gathering like different groups of the people in the city um, and for them to be engaged in whatever it is that they're passionate about. So, mm. you know, I guess it's kind of like a, a hub for maybe missional communities. I think that was our mm. kind of original thought and intent and you know one of these groups were kind of these in-between second jenny type people but i think since being in covid we've kind of landed as um i guess in some degree like a suburban congregation that meets centrally in the cbd um and you know there's i think there's a few reasons why that's ended up that way so like we have still that diverse group of people, but probably coming to worship in a, uh, I guess it's, it, it probably looks like a traditional uniting church space, mm -hmm. uh, a service, but um, I guess in a contemporary, you know, function room kind of yeah, uh, sure. space. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like still building community around that Sunday service, but um, would definitely say that Sunday service is probably the central thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably partly COVID related. And then also just being, you know, a church plant that wants to do these great things. But yeah, in crisis, you, you kind of just return to what you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people still gather and do that. So in some ways, learn a lot about how we are creatures of habit. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess ritual and so on in there in unfamiliar times plays a part as well. Yeah. How do you go about some of the conversation when we met on the evening we had uh, surrender? We did the acknowledgement of country and we heard some great uh, story of how that language had come about and the Gurnai people that have been on this land for so long. How does that impact if anything the way that you see yourself connected in place um on country in the cbd yeah that's a that's a good question so i grew up work live play on ghana country and like uh it's a it's an interesting dynamic because there was a older church building there's actually been two church buildings on that piece of land yeah so uh right now it's like a i don't know like a tall building. It's like an $80 million building or something. So mm. super fancy, mm. you know, like underneath car parks and things like that. But before that, there was a um, church that was built in the 50s, I reckon. Mm -hmm. um, it was like a Gothic style church and uh, very, it was, you know, uh, what people would say about a church like that, right? Oh, sure. it's the only one in this kind yeah, of area sure. and it looks uh -huh. great. And then before that, I think the original church that was there was a Victorian church. Mm -hmm. Um uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, like I think the Uniting Church tradition and the heritage wants to kind of look back at those places being like, oh, there have been people who have, you know, served diligently and had a heart for this city in that place. And, uh, you know, justice and mission was always a big part of that, um, those congregations and, 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 and that physical place. Uh, but we had an um, Aboriginal Christian leader come and, uh, and she spoke about how you know, beneath this concrete and beneath this uh, car park and the levels below. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, there's land here on which people have walked and engaged. And mm. um, like, I think just to think about, you know, what was the spirit doing in that space? Mm. 
you know, on this country um, for the many years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that really shapes how I think about what that space should be. Um, like we know it as CBD and connection um, to like, you know, our business district and uh, all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, that, that, that kind of shapes it. Um, you know, what does that mean? Like Chinatown is on one side and then um, like kind of our main CBD, you know, big, big four kind of is on the other side. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think coming into, coming into that connection and going, wow, this place is so many different things to so many different people. Mm. Um, and what does it mean for, I guess, this God or this spirit that's been there this yeah. whole time? Like how does, how do, how do all those stories weave together? Yeah. So one of your passions, as you've said a couple of times um, to me, is that you love that space in between, so marginality and liminality and so on. I was really captured in Surrender's work. We talk about seeing Jesus in the margins, and we talk a lot about people with lived experience of poverty and marginalization. And you spoke of a work that had really given you a theology and a, and a language for that. So I just wonder if you talk a little bit about some of um, that theology of life in the margins or space in the margins, and then maybe we'll talk about some of the way that you apply that to your ministry and personal work. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I think, I've, I think I've always kind of seen myself as a, as, as a centered kind of person. You know, I think I grew up in Australia. I was, uh, you know, went to, a, went to a pretty good school and, 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 and all of that sort of thing, went to uni, did all the things that, um, you know, a, a, a valued member of society should do. Sure. <laughs> or, 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 I don't know. I uh-huh. felt, felt like that. But um, yeah. there was something about marginality that always captured me. Um, and probably for a long time, um, I didn't really recognize how Chinese or Asian that I was or how that actually mm-hmm. affected my life. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, this is just the way everyone else grows up or this is just the way it is. And um, I, I think didn't really see how to engage with that part of my story. They were just kind of like two separate things. You know, you go to church and then there's all the Chinese people and then and then you go to school and then, and, you know, there's everybody else, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, yeah, so like, I think I think saw those two dynamics, um, but it was a couple of years ago. Um, I came across this book by Jung Young Lee. It's um, by Marginality. He's an American, uh, Korean American um, theologian, and he talked about marginality in a way that uh, really challenged me. Mm. And uh, so he talks about the margin of marginality, where uh, there are uh, at which, which is where Christ sits, which is kind of in this middle point, this mm. center. And it's not the center as we know it. It's actually the um, margins of two different communities. Mm. Um, so like that spoke a lot to me in terms of like my Chinese Australian heritage, because I always felt like I was being pulled one way to, um, you know, kind of the, the center thoughts of the mm-hmm. um, Chinese Hong Kong community. And then and then the centered thoughts of maybe like a, uh, a, a, a an Anglo white Australia kind of uh, mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. and always feeling like, well, 
I pass between these two things and it doesn't really quite fit. Um, but Jung Young Lee said that um, Jesus is also this kind of um, uh, in-between character. You know, he's like the person that's in between uh, being fully God and fully human. And it's, mm. it's like the intersection of those two points is where you find mm. this person of Jesus, the Christ and, and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, of that engagement. And I, and I kind of see that in Paul as well, you know, when he talks about being a, a Roman and a, and, a, and, a, and a Jew and finding that point, mm -hmm. point of connection. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jung Young Lee writes about how um, his uh, Korean-American experience is kind of like that as well. And, like, yeah, for me, I find where I am most at home is right at that intersection of the margin of the Hong Kong Chinese community and the margin of the... Uh, Australian community mm -hmm. and um, where those two points meet is like this kind of liminal space. It's this space where you don't really fit into both. Uh, you don't really fit into either. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think thinking about Christ as the person that's in that space, I think helps me transcend that space a little bit to kind of go, well, what's it mean to sit in between spaces and maybe like our uncomfortability of like being in that kind of space is, um, is where we really should be, I guess, in terms mm. of like our own sense of humanity. And, um, you know, I think a lot of spiritual writers, you know, kind of, you know, like our mystics and things in the Christian tradition talk about that kind of liminal space where we, um, yeah, maybe contrasts our kind of like, Greek thought of like it's either here or either there right like um, mm. like like what does that mean uh, and, and I guess like you know that's all kind of up here head knowledge you know kind of theory and um, sort of stuff but I think where that really um, hits for me in kind of the justice space is is the ambiguity of stories you know mm. like different stories coming together and there's no right or wrong necessarily when those stories come together you can only tell your story and um you respond in a way of like oh that's how that makes me feel <laughs> or mm. <laughs> or i don't get that part of the story at all um and uh that can be really uncomfortable sometimes but mm. i think it's also the the beginning or the start of like uh, um, engaging with others in a way that's uh, really, really authentic. Mm. Yeah, I think certainly for me, the idea of not seeing Jesus in the centre, but being, Jesus being at the margins of those intersecting spaces mm. has been a really helpful way. It took me back to our first podcast episode of last season where we're talking to Uncle Ray and Dave Andrews and the question of what we put in the centre. You've reframed it in a, I think, a really helpful way. We'll get to your own ministry context in a moment, but you've had some great reflections then for the ministry of surrender and the way that many of the people listening to this podcast would be um, located. And so I wonder if um, you'd be able to repeat some of the brilliant things that you said in our meeting before, <laughs> just reflectively about Surrender's work and gatherings and the space that we're called to be and what that would mean then practically for the way that we posture ourselves and host gatherings. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I guess kind of like uh, my, my, my personal experience of Surrender is meeting other people who 
I guess feel like they're on the margins or like have really, um, or, or, or they under, like, you know, in their world, they know where the center is and they've either deliberately moved to the margins or they've always lived in the margins. Mm. And, um, you know, I think to some degree, people who live on the margins have some sort of chip on their shoulder or, uh, you know, being, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a marginality about it. That's probably what it is. Mm. Uh, and for me, going into Surrender was like, wow, meeting other people that have that similar experience mm -hmm. and um, are wanting to do something or are really passionate about working through some of the injustices of what it means to be that marginal person. Uh, but I think the exciting thing was that their sense of marginality was different to mine. Um, they cared about something that was different. And it's, I think, kind of the default understanding was like, oh, um, well, if what, uh, like, like, can, can they be right? And I also be right. And, mm. uh, and, and, and then, and then finding some sort of mutuality rather than like, oh, like for us to care about second generation people or cold communities means that we don't care about climate change or, uh, you know, mm -hmm. or, 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 or these different things. So for me, meeting other people that were passionate, um, about things was really exciting because here I, there was so many parts of their story that I resonated with. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the medium or the subject in which they're engaging with is completely different to mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I think that has just completely shaped my whole ministry being like, yeah, that's probably our experience of just the world in general, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we, we engage with other people, have a different experience to ours. And as much as we might uh, see that some of their experience impends on my experience or like uh, makes my experience not so nice or some of my experiences make someone else's experience not so nice, um, they're still our experiences. And like, how do we begin to share that with one another and hear, hear those stories? And I think as we do that, um, ways forward in justice actually become apparent Mm -hmm. um, rather than uh, fighting each other or um, I think, yeah, f and, and, and like, yeah, what, rather than us fighting other people for the same resources of engaging. So um, like how do we hear those stories before we move to action? Um, yeah. Because sometimes when we, when we jump into action before, yeah, we, we, we might actually be hurting someone else that really is passionate about something that's worth being passionate about as well. Yeah. Have you got an example of a, a significant moment where that's happened for you when you've stopped to listen and that's engaged you then in a, a particular way? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think engaging with different First Nations communities uh, has been really interesting. There's so much overlap there for me in a lot of the, you know, post-colonial conversations that I have, um, uh, a lot of cultural ambiguity, like who am I kind of conversations that I've had. Um, uh, but then I think also by larger society, kind of that all being lumped in as, uh, you know, cold and First Nations things, like that's cultural stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, feeling like sometimes, I guess we're competing for like a, a same set of resources, mm -hmm. but really actually going, ah, oh, there's so much overlap and similarity. Also, it's very clear distinctions. 
Um, but like, how do I work together with someone that really cares about something else? How do I hear that story? And how does that change our perspectives and, and widen our perspective a little bit more? Mm. Uh, and then, and then, and then really be walking alongside people. Yeah. The other space is probably, um, in this kind of, I guess, disabilities kind of space and, and, and thinking about what marginality means in that context mm. and how do we hear voices in those spaces and, and, and kind of even thinking about how we think about disabilities just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's lots of overlap there as well in terms of marginal spaces and, mm. uh, uh, and, 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 and how we engage in wider society. All those, although like the practical things that we actually engage in are very quite different, like have, have overlap. So, you know, like understanding how the culture works um, for me, it's like an accessibility issue. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, um, how do I have access to how meetings are conducted in this context? Um, which I guess, you know, on a practical level, wheelchair access or something mm -hmm. uh, to a space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very different things, but um, there is an emotion or a feeling there. I think that I can I can relate to, and I think when we when we form relationships from that place, um, uh, it really sets a different foundation for then how we tackle the particular issues. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think makes sense theologically when, as you say, you're locating Jesus in that marginal space mm. not trying to center him around a particular issue or experience that's central to you or someone else so a lot of your passion i know is in that uh, second gen sort of space how does some of this play out and can you describe your passion and journey and hope for people uh, who are second gens inside of i guess the their own spiritual journey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, uh, I'm a minister. <laughs> and that's what I really do feel called to. Like, I, I'm passionate about the cultural stuff. And I think a lot of this second gen stuff just broadens out into the justice spaces. But for me, um, I think for a second generation person to really know who God is, they really have to know who they are. And I think our society and our wider context doesn't always um, help us to understand that, mm. um, help us to understand who we are and, um, you know, not give a kind of colonised understanding of, of, of who Jesus is, but actually working with us. Mm -hmm. um, but then at the same time, it's, um, you know, like I didn't grow up in Asia or, you know, I the church I go to doesn't have a direct tie to a uh, mission organization from a particular area that mm -hmm. had a particular conversation. There is a, um, like, those are the two conversations that we often hear about. But for those who grow up in the West, it's like, oh, we have to kind of hold the, both of those conversations together. Like, and what does that mean? And, 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 and I think Australia is in a place where starting to see that diversity emerge um, mm in our society and in our, in our, um, in our churches. Uh, and that changes our theology mm -hmm. to almost like a exponential amount of diversity. Mm. So yeah. Like, what does that mean? And like, for me, there's probably just a curiosity part of that, mm -hmm. but then 
on a on a on a real kind of people level, it's like how do people hold on to or continue to engage with a God that can hold all of who they are? Mm. And I think that's the part that I have seen growing up in the Asian church is that you or or even just in millennial society at some point where the God that we believe in just isn't quite big enough to hold all of our experiences of life. Mm. Um, uh, and I think that's disappointing because I think that's where the disillusionment with the church comes in. And, and, and although I know I can see that that's happening on like a bigger scale, just across the world, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, the cultural issues really add in that dynamic. I think unless we're starting to pick apart some of those things, mm. um, looking at our cultural tales and where we come from and, um, why Christianity in our culture is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, all of that can still be really tangled up and uh, confusing for someone. Mm. And, it's, and it's probably easier to just go, well, that's probably not true. <laughs> I'm just going to go do this thing instead. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess I still do have like a heart of a evangelical minister in some ways of going like, how do we, how do we, how do we stop or how do we help people engage with that part of their life um, mm. a little bit better? Mm. Love it. Um, one of the things that we do that I've just remembered, this is normal. I'm a bit lost without Charlene because Charlene normally writes out questions and oh, we're yeah. just sort of freewheeling <laughs> here. And then I remembered as we come to the conclusion of this episode, that what Charlene likes to do is ask the, the fast five questions. Oh, yeah. So um, fortunately, I've been able to bring them up here from Google Drive. And here we go. You ready for the fast five All questions right, as we good. finish off? Thank you, Charlene, for being so organized. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Otherwise, Craig and I would just be like off, off in another in, world. <laughs> that's right. All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. Surrendering to Jesus means... Living in the margins. What is your favorite type of music? Hip hop. If you could have a coffee with a hero of the faith, living or dead, who would it be? John Calvin. Okay. I want to drill into it, but it's quick questions. Here we go. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Ireland right now. Yeah. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? People. Yeah. People around me, yeah. Cyrus, it's been a pleasure to talk with you this afternoon. It's been great to be here on Country and uh, really appreciate your depth and your ability to articulate things in a way that I can understand. So appreciate you, the work that you're doing here, and I look forward to the journey continuing. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Over to you. How will you respond to Jesus' radical call to the margins? Be a part of the Surrender Road Trip by following the podcast or joining us at one of our events. Surrender partners with dozens of organisations and initiatives. Join us and others and take action at surrender.org.au.